Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. So the future beauty and health show takes place next March in the RDS. You might ask, what's that? It brings experts really from the world of aesthetics and anti-aging in to give talks on various different products and trends in the anti-aging field altogether. And one of the organisers is lifestyle journalist Liz Dwyer, who's with me here today in studio. Liz, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, Is it an event for professionals or a sort of a promo event for the public? It's 100% a public event. So okay. because because of my job as a journalist, I've always been speaking to a reader. I call it the reader, yeah. uh, the consumer, the public. Um, and that's how this whole event started, because I was um, I've been writing about this for 20 years in magazines, newspapers, TV, uh, aesthetics, beauty, lifestyle, health, smart aging, um, that kind of spectrum of, of women's health. And because of that, I kind of became synonymous with this industry. And people were always asking me questions, you know, what should I do? Who should I go to? What's mm. safe? What's, what's worth my money? The face of Botox money. without being the face of Botox. Yeah, oh yeah, this is it. I'm like, how did I become Botox the mouthpiece for Botox? And I'm not getting any money off Allergan. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's how the event became. And, but obviously, like, it's it's a huge industry. It's it's very popular. It's like, I mean, even since I started talking about it 10, mm. 15 years ago, like it's become so commonplace now, you know. But yet, the information is really, you know, murky. Um, the, the industry can be quite grubby in the wrong wrong hands in the wrong wrong places um like it's life changing but also it can be you know it's dodgy as well you know because so. i know people liz listening to us today will say you know oh there's always so much conversation now around botox and anti-aging mm. yeah. you know procedures yes. and non-surgical lifts yeah. and this and that and the other and people will think you know it's um it's putting pressure on anyone who hasn't had it or embraced yes. it to start. That yeah. nearly as if there's something wrong with ageing, right? But actually, from talking to you off air, I found out that there is more to this event than, um, you know, whether I should get my lips done or the crow's feet at the side of my eyes sorted. Yeah. This is actually, there's, like, there's discussions around gynae issues. Everything. I mean, aesthetic medicine. It's aesthetic medicine, right? I mean, unfortunately, some of these categories call under aesthetic medicine, i.e., as you said, gynecological issues. We have, like, we have, a, we have loads of talks on stress incontinence, sexual health, um, menopause, perimenopause, arthritis, you know, bone health, um, uh, like, just pain management. You know, it's anything to do with aging, you know, whether whether that's external aging or mm. internal aging, you know, there is solutions out there that were not there 15 years ago, that were not available, that were like beyond the budget of any normal person, which is, that's all changed. You know, it's become much more accessible. There's a lot more out there. Um, and, and the results are fantastic, as I said, in the right hands. Um, and they can literally be life changing, whether like if it's a case of stress incontinence or diastasis recti or a lot of postpartum issues and stuff like that. And just yeah. general aging, we're all living longer, you know, and, and the problems are we not like my mother's generation would have been very much just put up and shut up, you know. Yeah. Whereas our generation, we're this a bit is more part of getting yeah, old. Just that we're more. Yeah, they're like, no, no, forget that. We're like, we're empowered. We have the money. Let's go fix it. Let's find the, find the solution. So the person. it's not necessarily then about anti aging or stopping aging. Smart aging. Yeah, yeah. It's about so, embracing aging. And yeah, but finding ways that if you know, like most of the women we talk to, you know, most women who come to our events, they're like, I don't want to look twenty. I just want to look not wrecked. Do you know what I mean? Or I want my vagina to not be falling out in between my legs every time I cough, you know, or I want, you know, the scar tissue that I have to be removed or I want my hair to grow back after, you know, perimenopause issues or mm. chemo or, you know, like I literally had a call on the way in from a lady having chemo saying, 
you know, what can I do? I feel like crap, you know, and I'm like, actually, here's X, Y and Z that you can do, you know, that um, isn't going to interfere with your chemo. So, you know, people think this is a vanity led industry. Mostly it's physiological. It's concerns that people have. And there is solutions out there that Mm. weren't there before. Saying that, you kind of need to do the research. You need to find the right people you can trust um, because, unfortunately, there is clinics out there that only think about their bottom line and are, you know, you walk in and mm-hmm. you're a sitting duck and they're going to go, of course we have the solution. Yeah, and, and, and typically, I suppose, Liz, when, when when I meet a lot of people or when our, our listeners here to the show get an introduction to, to, to people, it's it's when those stories, th- those things have gone wrong. Yes, you this know? is it. And I mean, you always hear about the bad things. You don't hear about the good things. You know, um, like I've been doing tweak ones now for like 20 years, you know. And listen, I've had my fair share of dodgy ones, trust me, you know, and, and this is the irony, like I'm in the business, I should know better, you know, but I even get caught out every now and then, you know. So what, uh, what should you look, what should you look out for? Well, okay, well, in terms of aesthetic treatments or in terms of general? Well, in general. Okay, so I suppose the first thing I always say to, is to people is make sure, well, medical qualification, number one, okay, that goes without saying, there's a lot of like, you know, um, like travelling therapists effectively going around now mm. who are, you know, doing lemon bottle and fillers and all sorts of mad stuff. It's absolutely batshit. Um, what's legal at the moment. Um, so number one, they have to have a medical qualification. Okay, so at least an RGN degree, okay, or a dentist or a doctor. Number two, I think they need to be in this industry full time. Not someone who's doing, not someone who's a dentist during the week and doing a side hustle of Botox on Thursday night or a Sunday to make a few extra quid. Okay, so they need to be doing aesthetics day in, day out for their job. I would also try and make sure that they've done five years, I would say, around, look, I mean, it's just a benchmark. A lot of experience, like experience mm. with anything. Someone with experience is going to be better, you know, better armed, better qualified um, to do the treatment. And the number, the last thing I always say to people, I know this sounds a bit strange, is look at the person. Do you know, if you look at that practitioner yeah. and you go, you're frightening me. You yeah. know, I don't well, like your look. if they look like Barbie. Kind, kind of, you're kind of going, and that's not the look you're going for. Walk away because, you know, that's their idea of aesthetic beauty, right? You know, because yeah. aesthetics is medicine, but it's also an art form. So if that's their artistic, you know, form, I would walk okay. away. You, know? um, you mentioned your own experience. Can I, what, what did you start with? Or wh- oh when did you first get? Oh my God, I was 19. Okay. I was 19, so I'm 45 now. I was working in the RDS as a promotions girl on a stand and someone said to me, would you like to be a model for lip filler? And I was like, would I what? Like to be a model for lip filler? I jumped up on stage, naive as I was, um, and they put some filler into my mouth. This is around the time of Angelini Jolie. She just arrived on the scene and she was sex bomb. And I was like, wow. And I remember walking to the airport the next day because <laughs> my leaving her holiday. And I had the hair, like clip in hair extension and I thought I was absolutely <laughs> like gorgeous to die for. Three days later, the lips start blowing up, right? On one side, it goes, starts going up and up and up and up. Right. Right? And by the time I came home, I had lip, but it would only wrap on one side of my face. So my lip was up to my nose by the time I came home. Obviously, I had to tell everyone then as well. Yeah. I had to fess up with what I've been doing. I remember my mom dragging me to the local GP and the local GP was like, I've never heard of this. I don't know what, what are you talking about? The aesthetic medicine was that new. No one had ever even heard of it. It was the er- early days. And um, I obviously, I... The, the the company who had done it had disappeared. They were just on a on a trade show kind of thing. So I was left with this stupid feckin' lip. I looked like I'd been punched, basically. And I went around to loads of places. No one would touch me. And eventually, my sister goes <laughs> like, one night, we were like having a bottle of wine. And she was like, come here, come here to me. And she got a knee. <laughs> she landed no in way. it. And it was repulsive. So we had to do our own little botch job, basically, in the house. Yeah, so nobody that was, that was 26 yeah. years ago. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Different time. Yeah. But anyway, look, that was, and it turned out to be pig filler and all sorts of weird stuff. So oh. things have changed. Saying that, listen, botch jobs are still as common yeah, as ever. But, but sure, I don't know how many times I've talked to people I know, on the programme who've gone through. As I said, like I say, for every, you know, 
hundred good jobs you're going to get, you know, you're going to hear the Our story. One, unfortunately. Yeah. But, you know, it happens. It does happen. How much of a commitment is it? Oh my God, it's never ending. Like, honestly, I, even, I get annoyed. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I've just done the hair. Then I have to do the nails. Then I have to do the Botox. Then my skin is looking like crap. Then I'm going on holidays and now I've sort out my vagina. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it is actually like a cyclical thing. And sometimes I go to myself, what planet are you on? Just, you know, you're not living in a war zone. Seriously, like, just be thankful you're alive. Don't be giving out about your, you know, your eye yeah. bags or your saddlebags or your, you know, your rolls of fat in your tummy or whatever. But and then and then it just comes back. I don't know what it is. But look, people are out there. People have issues that they want solved and there is solutions. Yeah. And hopefully we're there to, I mean, we're there to guide Every them. time we talk about um, any kind of non-surgical or surgical or Botox, you know, uh, discussions in the programme, you can be sure there is the, always yeah. huge, huge interest Everyone in, in is it. doing it. Um, everyone's lying about it. <laughs> have you spent a fortune? Have I spent a yeah. fortune? Well, so as because I was a journalist, I, and I've been a journalist for 20 years, a lot of these treatments I would have been doing uh, for work, I would have been investigating them. I would have, you know, find out, you know, if they were any good. Uh, in some cases, they were terrible. Um, so from that point of view, not necessarily. But I mean, if I had had it if all, if you had up, been, yeah, I mean, if I had it all, it would have cost a fortune. And I should have also, I should also look like a size twelve, or sorry, a size zero fetus. Do you know what I mean? If they all worked, that I'd be that skinny and that young, and I'd have the collagen of a child. Do you know? So they don't all work. Yeah. You know what I mean? And people need to have the realisation that these things are tweaks. They're not transformative. You know, if you want real massive transformation, you need to go down the surgical route, you know. Um, And I think people's expectations of tweakments are, you know, a lot overblown a lot of the time. Tweakments, yeah. yeah. Do, do you do you find though, like, and I I know you're working at it probably from the the lifestyle perspective as well, is but but do you do you hear the conversation frequently that you know people talk about it puts huge pressure and probably on women more so, you know? Yeah, for like, I mean, is it any different though than when I first started out? It was the makeup and the hair and the nails mm. and the tan and you know the eyebrows and everything else. I just think it's a natural evolution. Like we're like I'm of an age where the creams don't work, you know, and I've realised that and I'm. I'm not spending my money on, you know, fancy creams and Mary Thomas anymore. I'm spending my money on a doctor instead, you know, and I'm just shifting the budget. Maybe yeah, we're raising the bar, perhaps. But then, I mean, listen, it's up to every individual, yeah. you know, that's... Especially if you don't want to embrace it, don't. You don't if you do, it, do whatever it's your suits choice. yourself. Yeah, yeah. listen, it's like with anything. Do you know, the text in from a listener is wondering, what they tell you is the body becomes immune to Botox after about 15 years or so. So people starting in their 20s and 30s, it won't work for them in their 50s or 60s. Is that right? It's not, no, it's not so much, well... There is there is actual talk of Botox immunity. It's um and like what a doctor might do then would be alternate the brands. So you're using a different type of brand. It's, I suppose in the same way like an antibiotic, but it's more. I think it's it's a kind of perception shift that people think it's not working anymore because they're so used to the Botox, you know, looking a certain way, and then it does wear off quicker. And yeah. also, um, you're, you you metabolize it quicker, you know. Uh, and again, with age, you metabolize things quicker, and lifestyle factors can metabolize mm, um, all in the mix. Yeah, exactly. But I suppose the, the the reason we're chatting to you is that it's the um, the show, the Future Beauty, Beauty and Health Show yes. next March in yes. the RDS. Yeah, it isn't solely about this, as you say. There is no. much more to yeah. it as so well. So it's like all the experts. So again, like I've been very privileged to meet amazing dermatologists, scientists, you know, doctors, nurses throughout the years who you work in this smart aging realm. Um, and it's not just smart. We've biohackers, we've longevity experts, we've genetic experts. I mean, it's everything to do with, I suppose, the aging process and how we can rethink it. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a one way street to, you know, your... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to, to like the blue ribs, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like there is other options there. We're not saying look like a Love Island, you know, entry. We're just saying, you know, if you want to 
preserve or, you know, keep things looking a bit fresher and less knackered. There is ways and not just on the outside, on the inside too. There is treatments, there's technologies, there's people, but you need to find the right people and and be put on the right path. And hopefully that's where the event comes into play. Lifestyle journalist Liz Dwyer. Liz, thanks a million for joining us uh, in studio today. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.